0: Pack your bags. It's time to visit Las Vegas, America's capital for fun and entertainment. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
1: Hi, and welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and today's show features music, food, and the great outdoors. Up first is Rob Garrett, who not only sounds like Neil Diamond, he looks quite a bit like him, too. Do you love lobster? Well, you can have it at a fraction of what you'd expect to pay at Lobster Me. We'll visit there. And when you visit Vegas, you can get back to nature as well with only a 10-minute drive. You'll learn more when we visit the Spring Preserve. All this, plus our Vegas insider, Scott Robin, who tells us that even bigger stars are coming in the future to Vegas. And we'll visit the Casino Legends Hall of Fame to discuss the great innovator, Steve Wynn. You're like most people. You love Neil Diamond music, but Neil Diamond's hard to come by these days unless you're at a Red Sox game or something. But there's a great Neil Diamond tribute act in Las Vegas that Rob Garrett has really captured Neil Diamond and the Neil Diamond that we remember back from the days when he was releasing hits and stuff. Rob, first of all, great to have you here. I understand that growing up in New York City, uh, Neil was among your uh, big influences along with Elvis and the Beatles. Is that kind of how you got into rock and roll?
2: Yeah, those, you know, as, a, as a little kid, those are my three main influences, Steve, uh, Beatles, Elvis, and, and Neil. And whereas, of course, I was too young to ever see the Beatles, I did get a chance to see Elvis, uh, believe it or not, 23 times wow. in, my life, in my lifetime, starting out when I was uh, probably like nine and, or eight or nine. And, uh, and then Neil, I, uh, two, uh, 2015, I saw him for my 16th time.
1: Wow. Well, obviously yeah. those are loves and so forth, uh, but uh, this whole idea of Neil Diamond. But before you got into really capturing the essence of what he does, you were in a group called Rock and Roll Heaven, and uh, I guess for about fifteen years or so, yeah. you were playing oldies. Now, was this the same kind of music? And you know, how did that go? Because I know there's, there's, there are some really good cover bands and so forth, particularly in Las Vegas.
2: Well, of course, I mean Las Vegas is strictly—I mean, ninety-nine point nine percent a cover band town. So I mean again, you know, you know, that's how most of the uh, the lounge acts and the club acts make their living is by performing cover cover songs, and it's been that way. I've lived here since '74, so it's been that way forever. But the Rock and Roll Heaven was my band for 15 years, and we uh, we were very prominent local uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, and we even incorporated started incorporating the 80s um, at one a little bit later on. Um, play an adult contemporary and so forth and we developed a huge following and I did that for 15 years and of course being that Neil Diamond was always one of my musical idols I obviously, and it was my band, I obviously did a lot of his material and um, when I would do his songs specifically, we get a lot of attention from the audience and people in the audience would say to me, uh, you know, oh my gosh, you sound just like Neil Diamond when you sing Neil Diamond songs uh, have you ever considered trying out for auditioning for legends in concert and, you know, being, doing the impersonator thing. And, and it took me years. I, I wasn't sure about if I wanted to do that, but it took me years to make that decision. And especially when I found out that the, uh, the tribute acts were making so much more money than the, than the bands were. In the, and, and plus they were working showrooms and getting uh, higher scale jobs. So I did, I did audition for legends and, uh, I auditioned in '94, and I ended up getting the job in '95. And they sent me to Hawaii for three years and worked for them straight for three years. And that was that was the end of the band era, and that was the beginning of the Neil Diamond career.
1: Wow! And what's interesting, though, is you know people could be hearing this and going, "Okay, so he does an impression of Neil Diamond," but it's much more than that. And I tell people to go to your website. We'll tell more. That is, it's like you've really encapsulated him. Was this kind of Something When you decided to do it, you wanted to take it one step beyond just an, an impersonation of a few songs and then really take it to a, a different level?
2: Well, let me let me make a statement here. There is a big difference between an impressionist and an impersonator. Um, I, I, there's, a, there's a difference between an uh, impressionist and a celebrity impersonator. An impressionist would be somebody uh, like, uh, depending on what year you're from, uh, Rich Little, or Gordy Brown, or, you know, or even Danny Gans when he was, you know, when he was alive, obviously, um, or Frank Gorshin. Those are guys that are not, are not expected to look like their people. They'll do fa- you know, facial mannerisms and and do their best to uh, uh-huh. audibly sound like that person. Some, and, and and also in the case of impressionists, many times more than half the times they're doing it for comedic purposes. In other words, they're doing, they're doing parodies. Um, right. Whereas a celebrity impersonator uh, is expected, and, and unfortunately this isn't always the case either, but I'm just telling you what's expected of them. Uh, a good one is expected to not just look like the performer they're emulating, but sound like them and act slash perform like them. So the, so there is a difference between an impressionist and and an impersonator. And it should be that, too.
1: Well, that makes sense. Uh, But what I like about what you do with the Neil Diamond thing, that, you know, there's a lot of Elvis impersonators. We talked to one of the very best a few weeks ago, Paige Poole. But there's a lot of them out there, and they kind of do kind of the iconic stuff that people remember and so forth. But you, like some of the very best Elvis people, you take it – and. You feel like you're there. It's it's not. You're not uh, just trying to capture the weird parts of Neil Diamond or whatever. What makes him different? You're trying to capture the entire person, and I think um, that's what's really interesting for people. Because you know, if they're not going to see Neil Diamond, they're going to leave. They're going well. Okay, that was pretty much the same thing. Which is what you want.
2: Well, and my that's in my case again. Most celebrity tribute acts uh, I, again to be the perfect. The, the A-List Tribute Act, you're supposed to look a lot like the guy, uh, sound a lot like the person, and act, perform like the person. In my case, I'm one of the few, and I mean one of the real few, that actually set out on stage for that for those 90 minutes to convince the audience that they're watching him. Now, you mentioned Paige Poole, who is a very good friend, and he's a very talented guy, but but no one no one would ever say he'd, He's a double for Elvis Presley in a million years. Uh, He's got, you know, the the basic haircut, but no one, again, if you walked into the street, no one would say that guy looks like Elvis Presley.
1: Right, right. You, on the other hand, do look like Neil Diamond.
2: (laughs) I, I, on the other hand, wake up looking like my character. Call call it a curse or a blessing, whatever you want to call it. But, again, I look like my character uh, 24-7, and when I'm on stage, I... Make an attempt, and most of the time I'm successful, at least with most of the audience, to convince those people that they're watching the real thing. In the same sense, uh, here's what I compare it to. In the same sense, that when you and I go to watch an illusionist, a magician, right? Both, we both have many times. Mm-hmm. And we've, seen that, we've seen those magicians levitate people or cut them in half. And you and I both know they're not really cutting those people in half. But for those few seconds or minutes, we're actually believing that they are, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's, and an, what's, it's, an allu- it's an illusion. Yeah.
1: Well, and what's interesting about it, uh, Rob, is the fact that this is Neil Diamond, but it's not Neil Diamond today. It's Neil Diamond back in the late in the late seventies, early eighties, when he was at the top of his game, which makes it really kind of exciting. I mean, you almost see that as kind of an advantage, don't you?
2: <laughs> I was just going to say. I was just going to say to. You, the only advantage, the only advantage I could say I have over the real one, and is because I can do him in in, a, in his prime, or would, well, it depends. So many people have different interpretations of their prime, but let's just say I can do him uh, at a younger era or a different era, earlier era than he can these days, because he can't do that anymore. So I, I do have that advantage, and, and so do some of the other person, especially without people like Elvis, who, you know, and Sinatra who. They're gone, so um, you know. Yeah. if you want to see Elvis or, or Sinatra, you have, you, go, you have to go see a tribute artist. But again, in my case, I, I, uh, I performed as Neil Diamond in the late 70s, early 80s, mid-80s, whatever you want to say. And Neil Diamond can't do that anymore. Yeah.
1: Has he ever seen you uh, do it?
2: If, if you're talking about being in the audience in person, no. Yeah. Um, He's fully aware of me. Uh, he, I'm sure he's watched me tons of times. I'm, I'm all over the internet, so I'm sure he's watched me. But um, but he's never been in my audience. So that's what you're asking. And I don't believe Neil Diamond is someone. You know, he's not the most accessible guy. Yeah. I don't believe he's someone I'm going to look out one day in the audience and see him. You know. It's not his there.
1: personality, right? I you mean, know, he, yeah, i have heard he, that he,
2: too. Right. He's a very very quiet man, very personal man. And like I said, he's not someone that's going to. Jump on a plane to go see an impersonator.
1: Well, what's interesting? Uh, you worked with uh, drummer Ron Tutt, who was his drummer, and also I yes, guess Elvis's d- drummer. What does he say? Because I mean, there's a guy that can be really honest about it and tell you what does he say when he when he does. Obviously, he he must think you're good at it, or he wouldn't or he wouldn't do it.
2: Absolutely, and I just saw him last April uh, because we that, there was a there was a huge Diamond Fest weekend. Uh, happening here in town, and that was a big part of that. And he came in for that. And I know him for years because his uh, his daughter used to sing in my uh, used to be one of my backup singers. And by the way, you said used to. Ron Tutt is still Neil Diamond's drummer. And uh, and um, before Neil Diamond, he was Elvis's drummer. We wow. all know. Um, from, from 69 to 77, he was Elvis's drummer, and from 81 to the present day he's Neil Diamond's drummer. But um, he's given me all kinds of kudos, more than I can ask for. And last time I saw him, you know, it, it had been a number of years since we have seen each other. Um, like I said, he knows me through his daughter because his daughter, over the years, has sung backup for me. And and he was just telling me how he's given me all kind of how, how much stronger I've gotten and how good I've become. And he's very proud of me. He said things to me that uh, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. I mean, kudos for Ron Tut is. Uh, The only thing better than that, obviously, for me, would be getting kudos from Neil Diamond.
1: You'll hear more from Neil Diamond look-alike and sound-alike Rob Garrett when we return. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
0: From the famous to the fascinating, in a climate as fun, fast, and flashy as Las Vegas, this is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
1: Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are your prescription costs too high? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds? Or is your copay too high? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you've got to check out the RX Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website rxcutdiscounts.com. The free RxCut prescription discount card allows you to get significant discounts on either brand name or generic prescription medications, and it also works on meds with high copays. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Again, to get your free discount cards, visit RxCutDiscounts.com. You may get the free discount card either by U.S. mail, email, text, or simply print out the discount card online. It's just that easy.
3: Dear Daddy, dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. Every year,
0: Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at snowballexpress.org.
4: You may not realize it, but there's a source of renewable energy right in your neighborhood, and you're helping to power it. Today, waste management is using the resources at our disposal to create energy from waste. Enough green energy to power over one million homes. It's an idea we're proud to drive forward. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management.
2: Ain't no surprise Just me a drink and I'll tell you some lies I've got nothing to lose So just in the blues And all the time
1: You are not listening to Neil Diamond, but instead to Rob Garrett, who looks and sounds like Diamond. Talking about doing that, you know, people go, wow, he's been doing that, and you've been doing it for a while. Uh, this is not something where you just sing the same songs. I imagine you must really have to work on it. Is it something you're constantly studying just to try to fine-tune every time you do it?
2: Um, after doing it 21 years, there's not, there's not too much I have okay. to fine-tune. Um, uh, obviously, when I'm adding something different to the repertoire then I have to fine-tune it if it's a song. And I always try each year to add some Neil songs that I've never done before, I've never performed before. So then I have to fine-tune fine it. Keep in mind, there are songs that always have to be in my show no matter what, you know, and um, his, his biggest and biggest hits always have to be in that show. Right. So, uh, though, again, I've been doing it for 21 years. I would I would say I do them as... I do them as comfortably as he does them these, these days because they're second nature to me to perform them. Well, and, I, and I probably sing them more often than he does because I think I work more than he does. Right, right. <laughs> right,
1: right. Let's talk finally about the whole phenomenon about Neil Diamond. I mean, he's different than Elvis or the Beatles, it's a different thing. He never reached that level, yet he's so popular. You know, everybody knows him. I think he, he actually reaches even a wider audience, is part of that because his his songs are just so memorable, everybody seems to know him, they play him in baseball stadiums now, is that part of it, that these songs have just passed the test of time?
2: Well, when you say he plays to a light audience, what did you mean by that?
1: Well, what what I mean is... um, uh, I'm talking about kind of an an audience that maybe isn't just, you know, like I grew up, for example, like a Beatles fan or a Rolling Stone fan. I think it's a wider audience in the sense that he reaches people that are before that time, maybe people that are after that ab- time. Ab-
2: abs- absolutely. Good, good, good. I'm glad you said that. You know, you know, Neil Diamond, for whatever reason, has crossed over more so than, than even Elvis has. I mean, uh, in other words, Neil Diamond will cross over to people near – twenties and thirties that, uh, you know, that like his music. Um, You know why? I I know you're looking for a a reason why. First of all, he, first of all, as opposed to Elvis and Sinatra, Neil's a writer, he's a composer. And a lot of his stuff has been covered by contemporary groups like, you know, UB40 covered Red Red Wine. And a lot of people out there are listening, don't even realize Neil Diamond wrote Red Red Wine. And and he wrote, you know, and of course he wrote, "I'm a Believer," which the monkeys covered, and then it was in Shrek. So he he is someone that, and he's alive too. Let's you know, again, right. You know, most of the Beatles, most of the Beatles are well, half of them are not. You know, Elvis is gone, Sinatra's gone, and and I always considered Neil somewhere in the realm between Elvis and Sinatra, and and, and throwing little Beatles because of the composer aspect, you know. So. Uh, uh, he he does he uh, because he's he survived most of them um, not not the Rolling Stones obviously but he, you know he survived the Beatles and he survived Elvis and he survived Sinatra so and and he's a, he's got a little bit of all of them in in him in other words he's he's a crooner he's a rock and roller you know you, you you cannot place Neil Diamond in a musical category yeah. because. He's covered it all. He's yeah, he, he heavy, and heavy his benefit. music,
1: like those, those same, you know, Sinatra, the Beatles, all those people. It's kind of evolved too, because you know he did that "Coming to America" stuff, which was a little different than the old, you know. And it's just kind of that thing going with the times, changing, and still being a powerhouse. Uh, and, and again, I guess for you too, you got to do it all.
2: Yeah, and and of course, let's let's not even get into "Sweet Caroline," which is like everybody's karaoke favorite song in the world to say, you know, you got, you got people that are 22 years old singing "Sweet Caroline," and I know you mentioned Fenway Park earlier. Um, that's that's where that whole sing-along thing uh, uh, originated from, was Fenway Park, and it, and it's crossed over into other sports arenas. and It's become, you know, uh, an, an anthem with people that like to sing karaoke. You know, right. uh, and he never saw that coming. Yeah, you know, it, he wrote that. In, he wrote that in '69. He never saw that. You never saw the pop- popularity of that song coming, ever. You know, and, 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 and again, it's helped. It's helped. And, and movies like Saving Silverman, you know, it's, it's helped cross him over to a younger crowd.
1: Well, Neil Diamond is as popular as ever. And I got to say, folks, you got to see when you get the opportunity to see Rob Garrett. Uh, just what you do is really amazing to me. So let's tell people a couple of things. Tell them where they can find you on the web and then talk about how they can keep an eye out for where you're going to be next.
2: Right. I'm, I mean, there's so many ways to find me. My, I, mean, yeah, I can give my website. It's real easy. It's uh, Neil Diamond the Tribute. Make sure you put that word "the" in. Neil Diamond, the Tribute But I'm, but I'm on Facebook and I'm all over Facebook. If, if you went to Google right now and you just put my first, you just put my name in Rob Garrett, I'm going to come up all over the place and schedules and everything. So it's, it's. I I think I'm easier to find than the typical uh, celebrity impersonator. Uh, As far as if you want to find me online, I'm all all over the Internet.
1: I think it's well worth people's time before they make that trip down to Vegas to take a look, see where you're going to be, and try to uh, get that into their agenda because it's well worth the time. Rob, thanks so much for being with us today.
2: Steve, my pleasure. I thank you.
1: Coming up, we will visit a great place in Vegas for lobster. But first, here's just a little bit more from Rob Garrett. When you visit Las Vegas, when it comes to dining, you're looking for one of two things. You're either looking for that incredible meal that you'll never forget, or you're looking for a real bargain, a really great deal. Found a place that you can do both. It's incredible. It's called Lobster Me. It's in a couple of places. It's in the uh, Miracle Mile shops over by Planet Hollywood and over by the Venetian and the Grand Canal shops. And with me is Mark Levisseur He is the executive culinary director for
5: this restaurant group that...
1: Really, what a fantastic idea! I imagine people are going nuts over this.
5: They are because um, you know the, the great thing about things uh, like lobster and, and the concept of lobster me is that, uh, um, in addition to being great food, seafood-based, you know, obviously lobster-heavy, um, it also evokes memories of people when they've been traveling. And Vegas is one of those hybrids of uh, the, the nation where everybody visits you can live anywhere else on the planet nobody visits you but if you live in vegas everybody comes and this evokes you know brings back some of the memories of other travels that people might have had yeah and i know people
1: from the northeast i'm hearing from all sorts of people the people from the northeast say yes the real deal it's the exact thing and you know i have relatives that would kill for lobster like this and yet it's affordable what a great idea i mean i i gotta think that the response is exciting to people because it's a way that they can really live the luxurious life without emptying out their wallets
5: it is. I mean, it, you know, when it comes down to uh, in its simplest form is it's a lobster sandwich. So it's you get you get a nice amount of lobster and those great flavors. Uh, and in terms of its, of its uh, authenticity, I'm also from Maine. I didn't tell you that yet. But uh, yeah, so um, I, I was you know, born from Maine. So I can attest to the fact that it's uh, it's authentic.
1: Yeah, you know, and of course the lobster roll is famous, but there's a lot more. There. I want to talk about a couple of things. One of the things that seems to be sweeping the nation, except again, way more expensive if you get in your restaurant, is mixing the great lobster with the wonderful macaroni and cheese. Uh, and you do a version here. Uh, again, if people take into that right away,
5: macaroni and cheese is one of those comfort foods, and then you could that you can kind of dress it up, right? So. Um, you know, you take macaroni and cheese, you add a little bit of lobster, it became something luxurious. We do the same thing with a, a grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, who doesn't like grilled cheese sandwich? It's a, one of our old, you know, staples. But if you use some brie, a little bit of gruyere, and throw some lobster in between, <laughs> that's pretty decadent too.
1: Yeah, that's not bad, <laughs> let me tell you. And there's some fun things here. There's something you gotta explain to me. What is the lobsicle?
5: Sometimes in its purest form, people want to enjoy things. And a lobsticle is essentially a lobster tail on a stick. So not unlike a popsicle, right? So in this case, we've got what a, uh, a, we call it the naked tail, where it's um, marinated in a little bit of mustard and then put on the flat top and seared, so we get a nice grill. Uh, and then we've got a version where it's dipped into a batter and, and deep fried. Depends on you know what, what, what floats your fancy. You know, if you, if you want lobster, this is it. It's lobster on a stick. What's cool is that you look around and this menu,
1: it's not one of these places where it's five pages long or anything. It's a pretty simple menu that's just lobster. Was this something that you decided that you didn't want to get into areas
5: that uh, might deviate from what's a real attraction? Well, sometimes less is more, right? We don't have to make it too complicated. Again, going back to things like the uh, the grilled cheese or the, uh, uh, the lobster roll and its essence, just keep it simple. Stay focused and, and, and work on that plan. And that's kind of what we've done here. We've, we've actually expanded a little bit into some other sea, uh, seafood areas, uh, crab and, and shrimp as well. Um, but again, stay simple. We've got lobster rolls, we've got crab rolls, we've got shrimp rolls. We've got uh, grilled cheese, macaroni and cheese, the lobsicles. And that's kind of the mission. Just keep it simple, do it right. In terms of marketing, you know, it's a little bit different... Uh...
1: Because it's not in a particular hotel, although it's near, I mean, it's right on the strip in a couple of places,
5: how do you grab some of those people that may not know you know, the tasty treats that are here? Sure. Well, I mean, we've got a lot in this particular, uh, in both venues, actually, there's a lot of uh, people coming through. Um, they're wandering from one end of the hotel to the other. Um, our facade uh, kind of evokes what's going on here, it screams lobster, it screams seafood. Um, so a lot of times, um, you know, it's just that catches that person's fancy on the way by. You know, this is a place where people come to spend some money, and you know what, it's a treat, let's go for it, but in this case, they actually get a value because it is, you know. Uh, A simple concept where you can't afford it, you can enjoy it. You can spring for it, and you can enjoy it. Um, The team comes out and will offer uh, guests that are, um, you know, in the area something new. If they've ordered, maybe we give them a little sample of something so they can try it and get that talk going. You know, and that's kind of it. A lot of engagement. Engagement is is key.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The atmosphere here is really cool, and even though it is quote unquote fast food. It's a different experience. I mean, the people that are working here are excited about it, as you say, free samples and so forth. And once you order, you go sit down. They bring it to your table. Uh, is this kind of trying to take the concept of fast food and kick it up a notch?
5: Well, I, I wouldn't consider this fast food. I think it would be uh, great food, faster, um, and that and that's kind of it. Is we just want to promote the the quality, uh, the convenience, um, uh, the experience, and, and and that you know that. That, that memory, that, that flavor that you're looking for, something that's above and beyond a traditional fast food joint or a traditional quick serve place.
1: Oh yeah, in terms of quality of food, it is way outside of that. Also, you can get your
5: version of the Bloody Mary, the Lobster Mary, so what's that? <laughs> well, everybody likes uh, Bloody Mary here in Las Vegas and, and elsewhere, and we've dressed ours up with a little bit of Old Bay seasoning around the rim, and uh, there's a nice sized lobster tail uh, excuse me, a nice-sized lobster claw that's joining the, uh, the mix. Nice and spicy, and, of course, the vodka's there, too.
1: Yeah, and that's nice, and maybe the tail, maybe that's an idea for future. It might be a bigger drink. Right, you take one of the lobsicles, maybe use it as a stirrer. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's tell folks how they can get there again. First of all, if they want to check it out before they come on the web, you've got a great website,
5: what is that? It is LobsterMe.com, uh, quite simple, uh, L-O-B-S-T-E-R-M-E.com. Okay, and then when they want to come out, there's two
1: great locations. Talk about those and how easy it is to get here.
5: Um, You can visit us at either either of our properties, at the Miracle Mile Shops, uh, across from the casino entrance at Planet Hollywood, and at the Grand Canal Shops in the uh, Venetian Hotel.
1: Thanks so much. You got any plans for any future? Uh, I I mean, I can see a whole chain of these things. They're they're just so popular. You can just see people walking by. Everybody's drooling, even if they're not stopping.
5: We've always got plans for a new development, and we've got other concepts that are in the works and and being grown every day.
1: Well, make sure you tell us when another one opens up, and thanks so much for being with us.
5: (laughs) You bet. Thank you very much for having me on. When we return, you'll visit an
1: oasis away from the lights and excitement of the strip in downtown, just a short 10-minute drive away. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
0: World-class hotels, dining, gaming, special events, and more. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Steven Maggi. Forgotten Heroes, the independent film that Hollywood refused to distribute. They were asked to risk their lives in order to save their enemy. The producers of Forgotten Heroes are donating 25% of all sales to the American Veterans Disabled for Life Memorial Fund.
6: We need someone to go in there and bring them out.
1: Coming
0: this way. From first time director Jack Marino, the home run for America's Vietnam veterans.
6: They are forgotten
0: heroes. Buy the DVD now at ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com. That's ForgottenHeroesTheMovie.com.
1: I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their entire life?
3: That's actually a great question because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, Am I a business coach? Am I a career coach? Am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life.
1: So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing?
3: Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848. Or email me at logan at Loganreadcoaching.com. And you can also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreedcoaching.com.
4: Waste Management has earth-friendly plans that fit the biggest corporations and recycling programs to help smaller companies get started. We're there for you every night and on the job with you every day. When you put Waste Management to work, you get an environmental partner and big ideas for every size business. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green. Think Waste Management. To learn more, visit WM.com.
1: When you visit the city of Las Vegas, obviously you're thinking hotels, you're thinking casinos, great restaurants, and that's all true. But what do you do when you got the kids there sometime or you just want to get away from it? There is an incredible place. More and more people are finding out about it, and it's just a blast. And we're going to talk to Don Barraclough, the PR director of the Las Vegas Springs Preserve. And it's someplace you've got to see. It's real easy to get to, it's a very short drive from the strip. Don, welcome. Tell us about the Las Vegas Springs Preserve. I understand this originally was the place where uh, water came from for Las Vegas.
7: Yes, that's correct. Thank you so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to talk about what we have to offer here for families that come to visit Las Vegas. Uh, The Springs Preserve is 180 acres and we are located um, where the original spring, the original water source for the Las Vegas Valley, sprung up where the water sprung up to the surface and uh, Las Vegas, the town, actually grew from right here. So um, in honor of the importance of this piece of land, the Springs Preserve was built uh, really sort of as a community gathering place and a place where families could come and learn about the history of Las Vegas.
1: Well and it's so cool because you drive up you know you're not you don't know what to expect. It's one of those things to do in Nevada and you'll see those things but you drive up and it's all nature. It's incredible stuff. And it has that really fun feeling that you get sometimes, and I mean this in the best way, of a theme park. So you really made this user friendly. I mean, is it part of that being in Las Vegas where you're going to entertain even though this is a place you're going to learn a lot and just relax?
7: I think so. I, you know, we really have sort of, we've actually been here for almost 10 years. 2017 is our 10 year anniversary and we're really excited, but we've sort of evolved to really suit the needs of the community. So, um, we've, you know, we've changed over the years. We have, um, some amazing classes and workshops and opportunities for kids and adults on the weekends. Um, we have 25 seasonal family oriented events every year. So we really are a place where families can come and experience you know what it's like to live in the desert.
1: Yeah and that's it's much more detailed too which is really kind of cool about how you live in a desert environment and uh, there's really a lot to it and there's really a way of learning where you know when, when you come out here and you realize you're really in the middle of a desert. Just uh, all the great ways. I mean, talk about some of the things uh, that Show people how you can live in a place and, you know, be in touch with your community or or your, uh, you you know, your environment. It's a different environment.
7: Yes, absolutely. Um, wh- one of the big things that we try and do here at the Springs Preserve is to t- really teach people how to live in harmony with the desert. So um, you'll see lots of exhibits that will tell you about how uh, Las Vegas actually came to be and about how, um, how the land here uh, evolved the way that it has. You'll learn about desert animals who've adapted to live in the desert. And, you know, some of the things that human beings actually have adapted from some of these animals to help us live in the desert we also have an eight acre botanical garden which is a great opportunity to see uh some of the amazing plants that you can grow out here you know people um are amazed when they come to the springs preserve the desert really um, has some amazing hidden resources and we really try and show uh what you can do here that the, the desert is a very unique environment. Um, you know, it can be rather harsh depending on the season. But um, at the Springs Preserve, we have uh, lots of fun activities and opportunities to do things inside and outside. So we're not limited uh, by the season, which is, is, really, is really nice.
1: No, you're right. And there's a beauty to the desert. And you really see it here. You know, a lot of people just think of it as hot and barren, but there's a real beauty to it. And you really managed to incorporate all of that into all these various exhibits, which we're going to talk about. It's not just one place where you kind of walk around and there's a dose. And there's a lot to do here. Was that part of the thing when, uh, in the creation of this, and you've been with there since the start, is this something they were trying to do was offer more than just, a you know, a friendly park?
7: Yes, absolutely. Um, the Springs Preserve, they actually started talking about how to utilize this land uh, in the early 90s. We were really lucky. Um, there's a lot of development in Las Vegas, but this uh, this area of land um, was not developed. And it really was a great opportunity for us to tell the story of um, how Las Vegas got here in a place that has some really archeologically significant areas that you can see out along the trails. And Um, And also the way that the buildings are built. They're really built in harmony with the lay of the land. So um, they're all sustainable buildings. Um, You know, there's every single detail at the Springs Preserve was really thought about. You know, it it was in the planning stages for almost 15 years. So they really thought about everything, um, everything that ended up being um, the buildings that were built here, you know, where the botanical garden is situated, how they developed the trails. They really thought about everything um, down to the finest detail in, in terms of how to really be in harmony with the lay of the land and the direction of the sun and how it hits the buildings. And so it, it really is a beautiful place.
1: It really is. And, you know, that's fascinating to me that it was planned for so long. Who are the people behind this? You know, who are the movers and shakers that got this done?
7: Well, um, the Las Vegas Valley Water District actually owns the land. Um, there's an underground aquifer here that still functions. As I mentioned earlier, this is where the original water source for Las Vegas was, and although the water doesn't come up to the surface anymore, it's there's still a large underground aquifer here. So the Las Vegas Valley Water District is the steward of the land, but really this was a public-private partnership. So there were lots of different groups that got together to make the Springs Preserve a reality.
1: And I noticed coming in, you've got a Nevada State Museum here. What what is that about, and how is that connected?
7: Well, um, the Nevada State Museum was sort of looking for a new home, and we thought it was a great opportunity to sort of add to what we have to offer here. You know, the Nevada State Museum Las Vegas is an amazing collections-based museum, and so it just really seemed to round out everything everything else that we had to offer. So we were really, really happy to have them come and join us. And actually, when you buy a general admission ticket for the Springs Preserve, that includes the Nevada State Museum as well.
1: Yeah, so you really can, if you want, spend the whole day here, or a couple hours, depending on what you need to do. But there's really a lot to do, and, you know, it's weird. We're going to get into all the exhibits, I promise, but i got to start with the cafe that's here. You know, you you think of cafes that are in parks and stuff, and they're always kind of, you know, small hot dog cart type things and so forth. This is really, you know, you sit here, it's an incredible view, and you say that the food is matched up to kind of, again, talk about the environment and think healthy and so forth.
7: Yes, yes. Our cafe is amazing. Uh, The Divine Cafe is a great place to grab lunch while you're here at the Springs Preserve. Every Thursday night, we have a happy hour. So if you want to come during the evening, there's live entertainment. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful cafe. Uh, You can sit out on the patio and you can actually see a the view of Las Vegas Boulevard from downtown all the way to the end of the Strip. We're only about three miles away from the Strip but we are elevated because we were spring and so it's an amazing view. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful addition to what we have here.
1: Yeah absolutely you're gonna want to have your phones ready to take pictures because it's it's really incredible and you know you talked about entertainment and I understand there's um, any I'm looking at it right now as we talk, the amphitheater. And there's a a kind of a really cool outdoor amphitheater here. And you have various things throughout the year. How do you use that?
7: Well, the amphitheater really is sort of the central gathering point for most of our seasonal events. Um, Last week, we actually had a tree lighting and um, an event... uh, Let Heaven and Nature Sing, where people got to come out and sing Christmas carols out in the amphitheater. Um, We have another holiday event coming up. It's called the Holiday Express, and we have a trackless train that goes around a portion of our trails, and this year for the holidays, the 10th and the 11th of December, and then the 17th through the 23rd, um, you can buy a ticket to get on the Holiday Express, and it will take you out to Santa's Magical Village, where you can decorate cookies and Santa and it's really gonna be a, a fun, fun event. This is the first year that we've done it and we're very excited.
1: Let's talk about some of the exhibits right now. We mentioned the amphitheater, but trails are a big part of this and there's some great trails, people that like to walk and so forth. Fantastic. What do they consist of and what do you do in the summer when it's 115 or whatever in those days?
7: Well, um, the trails are about three, it's about three miles worth of trails. You can um, get out there and walk them. Uh, We have bicycles that you can rent. And as I mentioned before, we also have a train that will take you around a portion of the trails. Uh, The trails are really interesting. Um, There are lots of different archaeologically significant stops along the trails. So you can kind of learn about the history of Las Vegas by just taking, a walk out on the trails but it's um, it does get a little toasty in the summer Uh, we do uh, continue to run the train so that's a good option in the summertime Um, but you know I mean right now you know this is the perfect time of year to take a little walk out on the trails so you know the springtime and the fall really a great great time to to get out on the trails
1: and on those hot days there are indoor activities here too we mentioned the museum before how about the origin experience talk about that
7: well, um, the Origin Museum is is our primary gallery building. Um, we have uh, fine art exhibits in there that. Uh Actually, the one that we have coming up at the beginning of the year is our uh, is the Scholastic exhibit, and every year we host all of the Southern Nevada um, teenagers and high schoolers that enter this national contest called the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards, and their amazing, amazing works hang in our gallery before they go on to the national. National awards, so that's always a really fun one. We've been doing that for quite a few years now. It's it's a great opportunity to um, to really encourage the creativity, you know, of the young people in Las Vegas. Um, we also have photography exhibits in there. Um, watercolor exhibits you know it's any sort of a fine art exhibit that that relates sort of to the desert either it's someone local or it's something uh, someone's created something from you know recycled items so uh the art exhibits really relate back to what to what we're all about at the springs preserve we also have um the natural mojave gallery which talks all about um, how the land formed here and Then we have our living collections. So we have live animal exhibits, animals that are all native to the Mojave Desert. So lots of uh, creepy crawlers, not a lot of furry critters that actually live out here in the desert. But um, it's really interesting to see, you know, what what survives and thrives out here in the desert. And then we have another gallery that's called the People of the Big Springs. And that's all about the people um, that, you know, came through Las Vegas originally on uh, rail car this because we had water uh, this was a a stop on the railroad which actually really started um, Las Vegas and then you can also learn about some of the native peoples that have been um, you know they've been coming through this area for thousands and thousands of years and then we have a third gallery (laughs) which is our traveling exhibit gallery and so every three months we have a different exhibit in there right now we have uh, an exhibit it's fantastic it's called science fiction science future so those exhibits are really uh, family oriented uh, something having to do with science or natural history or something once again that relates back to what 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 we're all about here at the springs preserve
1: More from the Spring Preserve in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
0: Visit us at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
8: This year, more than 172,000 people will be told they have lung cancer. cancer. 60% will wonder why, why, as they never smoked or quit smoking years ago. Lung cancer will kill 163,000 people this year. More people than breast, prostate, colon, liver, and kidney cancers combined, making it by far America's number one cancer cancer killer. But there is hope new treatments are available and more are on the way. The Lung Cancer Alliance is working to focus attention and research on lung cancer to develop early detection tools and more treatment options. Lung Cancer Alliance is leading the charge as the only organization solely dedicated to providing support, resources, and a voice for people touched by lung cancer and those at risk for the disease. Join us in the fight against lung cancer. The time has come. No more excuses. No more lung cancer. To learn more, visit Visit LungCancerAlliance.org or call 1-800-298-2436.
4: As you may already know, trees do more than beautify our world. They help clean the air of carbon dioxide, a major greenhouse gas. As North America's largest recycler, last year alone, waste management recycled enough paper to save over 41 million trees. How's that for Thinking Green? From everyday collection to environmental protection. Think green. Think waste management.
1: We are back with Dawn Barraclough of the Spring Preserve. Let's talk about somebody visiting for the first time. You mentioned there's like a great film you can see, right? And talk a little about that because that's probably the first place you're going to want to go just to orient yourself. You know, I talk a lot about vintage Vegas. Well, this is vintage vintage. Like you say, I guess this was the reason all this stuff started was because of the water. And uh, this goes through and tells you what it was like even before.
7: Absolutely, uh, yeah. A great way to start out your visit at the Springs Preserve is to, um, when you get into the origin museum, ask uh, the great docents at the at the front to uh, point you in the direction to the Big Springs Theater, where you can sit down and watch a movie that it's about. It's about seven and a half minutes long, and it'll tell you sort of. All- I'll give you a, a brief overview of um, of Las Vegas from thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago to today. And so it's a really good way to sort of orient yourself to the Springs Preserve. And it's a, it's a great movie.
1: What I understand, too, it's been getting bigger and bigger, by that I mean attendance, every year. So this is something people are you know still learning about, particularly, I guess, for the tourist trade.
7: Yes, yes. Um, it's something, uh, you know, people don't necessarily expect to find something like the Springs Preserve in Las Vegas. Um, we are sort of an unexpected surprise, and we hear that over and over, you know. Um, this is a place where people can come and it's it's quite peaceful. Um, it's very much nature-oriented. Um, we, were, we were very fortunate to actually receive an award this year for Best of Las Vegas for Best Nature Park, so that was very nice. And it's hard to believe, but we're only three miles from the strip so um it's it's sort of a little haven away from uh the hustle and bustle but it's also a great opportunity to learn a little bit more about how las vegas evolved and came to be so
1: Do you work with some of the concierge because i'm thinking to myself people that come here you know sometimes you're having a bad streak of luck come out here Changes the whole thing, or, or just give you a break from you know all the nightlife and stuff. It's kind of a, a little bit of change of pace.
7: Yeah, absolutely. We do. We definitely um, get the get the word out to the best of our ability. You know, um, and they will send us uh, families and you know anyone who wants sort of a more a different experience of Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas has some be- really beautiful natural. Uh, places outside of the city you know um, but we're pretty close so that's that's nice you know um, you can come and have a really natural experience not not too far away
1: finally what do you got on tap for 2017 is there some things as people make their plans for next year you have any things we should be uh, marking our calendars about? Well?
7: oh yes uh, next year actually 2017 it's 2017 is our 10 year birthday so we are very excited um the first thing that's is we are opening a whole new area called Boomtown 1905 and that's gonna happen in February and um, we have some original railroad cottages here that have been restored that will be part of that experience um, we also have recreated some of the original buildings from to uh, excuse me from 1905 and uh, they will have um, exhibits in there that will tell you all about what life was like in 1905 so we're really excited about that. That. Um, we also have a new uh, a new gallery building coming online called waterworks which is all about water um, teaching people about the precious resource and um, and how we manage it in the desert uh, we also have a teaching garden um, that is coming online in 2017 as well um, we were very fortunate to receive a grant um, from the Rogers Foundation to put together a teaching garden so that's that's coming online and then we also have been redesigning our children's play area and that will be finished in 2017 as well so it's going to be a busy exciting year for us
1: that sounds great and it sounds like something you can do every year because you guys have taken the Walt Disney theme of uh, as long as there's imagination it's always gonna go on let's tell people first of all online so they want to find out a little bit more where do we go
7: Okay, our website is a tremendous resource. You can do almost everything you need to do on our website. Um, all of the information is the most current, and we actually have an app as well. But uh, springspreserve.org is our, our web address, and um, you can get everything you need there. You can you can purchase tickets to events. You can purchase general admission tickets. Um, if you need tickets to a class or a workshop, you can purchase, purchase those online as well. But really, our website is an amazing resource.
1: Yeah, it's outstanding, and I guess uh, it's easy enough to get to, let me tell you. So it's just a matter of you can get it there. Or, uh, you said, what, three th- three miles away, what, about 10 minutes maybe?
7: Yeah, ten, uh, depending on the traffic, 10, 15 minutes. It's not too far.
1: <laughs> well, Don, thank you so much. We're all looking forward to it, and we'll see you in 2017.
7: Excellent. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Thank you so much. Time
1: now for our Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. This week, we are discussing the many venues to watch big name entertainment. Well, and these are a great place to see. Like, for example, when I came down, I saw Elton John and took my kids there. And it's it's a really great environment if you've only seen them in arenas and so forth. These
9: theaters, like Caesars, are really a great way to see big names. It's true. They're, that, especially Caesars is a great place great venue uh rod stewart and kind of uh what's her name the other one uh celine <laughs> sorry. Dion. yes celine dion was that's a great show and uh i don't know they they have found the just the right balance of stars that are still popular i think the next phase is going to be superstar performers um like Bruno Mars, I, th- I think he's gonna do a residency, this hasn't been announced, uh, but I, I don't care. Uh, it's, uh, there's a new theater uh, at the the, uh, the park, which is gonna be, atta- which is attached to the Monte Carlo, which is gonna be the park MGM, is gonna bring in some kind of residencies of its own, potentially really, really big ones. Adele has been rumored to be another residency, she, I believe had a child and wants to kind of be off the road, so Vegas is the perfect spot for that. So you get there's the kind of Rod Stewart era performer they've done very well kind of running for a long time, but I think what's next is you're going to find a Bruno Mars where he's making a million dollars a show because that has a lot of cachet and the performers love Las Vegas because they don't have to travel, they don't have to pack up, they don't have all the production costs. They they find a theater they kind of can do a certain number of shows. They get a home nearby usually like Celine did. And they, they, it really is unlimited how much time they spend here.
1: You can follow Scott at VitalVegas.com. Coming up next, our weekly visit to the Casino Legends Hall of Fame. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
0: Is there something you've always wanted to know about Las Vegas? Drop us a line at info at VegasNeverSleeps.com. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.
4: You'd never suspect that you could find natural beauty as part of a working landfill. You can. Today, waste management landfills provide more than 17,000 acres of protected land for wildlife habitats. Working closely with communities and the Wildlife Habitat Council, we can ensure there will be protected space for native animal and plant life to thrive. From everyday collection to environmental protection, think green, think waste management.
1: I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that... On the surface, may seem like we're going to explore our background, but actually,
3: we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves.
1: Okay. We're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about, about you and what you're doing?
3: Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at Loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreedcoaching.com.
1: It's time to visit Vintage Las Vegas with Steve Cutler, founder of the Casino Legends Hall of Fame. Today's topic, innovators. Well, what do you think about some of these people that are just coming on the scene? Everybody knows about Steve Wynn and so forth. Uh, There's some people doing things in downtown Las Vegas and so forth. Is this something that, and as the Hall of Fame continues, we're going to continue to see people in because it's just one of these towns that are always evolving?
6: And and that's the beauty of Las Vegas. We do evolve and we do change. And that's why we don't see any more of the old hotels, which made the Casino Legends Hall of Fame such a special place to visit. And people like Steve Wynn, who incidentally is not in the Hall of Fame. uh, The dates have just never worked for him for induction, but he is certainly worthy of being inducted in the Hall of Fame. He opened up the Mirage in 1989 And I give him credit for, uh, I I guess you would call it the the next generation of Las Vegas, because that was really the beginning of the mega resort in 1989. And since then, uh, the whole landscape of Las Vegas has changed, and it continues to change and evolve. And Steve Wynn has been a big, big part of that.
1: You can visit the Hall of Fame online at CasinoLegendsHallofFame.com. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps.
0: We'll see you next week for more excitement and energy from the desert. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi.